0: Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. And who could argue when we've made it three wins in a row with a 3-0 hammering of Leeds United. Now, let's get at it and talk all about that win. Hello, everybody. Again, I'm on my own for this episode, but George will be back for the West Ham game. Thank the gods. You will no longer have to endure me raving on by myself on a podcast. Although, in fairness, I did get some nice responses to the last episode where I was on my own, saying I was just about bearable. So, thank you very much, Mom, for your feedback. I'm also still in wonderful Australia. I'm in Noosa, a beautiful part of the world where I saw my first huntsman spider. They are huge. Of course, When I saw the spider, I did the manly thing and ran as fast as Gabiog Lahore in his prime in the opposite direction. Now, things weren't so scary at Ellen Road on Thursday night for our Villa boys from Aston. Leeds United nil, Aston Villa three. Three wins in three. Nine goals scored, zero conceded. Is it possible for Villa to still win the league? Are Man City and Liverpool looking nervously over their shoulder as they hear the pitter-patter of Coutinho's dancing feet closing in behind them? Well, all right, I'll accept that might not happen this season, but let's face it, we're in the race for ninth place. Do we dare to dream of eighth, maybe even seventh? look, if we can finish top half, it would be a fantastic step forward for Villa just three years after we returned to the Premier League. And so, to Leeds. What a win. Where to start? The first 10 or 15 minutes were quite uncomfortable as Leeds worked hard from the front and they pressed our defenders. And to be honest, they seemed to particularly target Tyrone Mings. Now, Their fans got in on the act as well and wouldn't stop singing an unflattering song about our captain. They were obsessed, kind of like the character Glenn Close plays in Fatal Attraction when she just couldn't leave Michael Douglas alone. Those fans might all have voodoo dolls of Ming's, Pictures of him on their dartboards, up next to the posters of their heroes like Lee Bowyer and the man we all know and don't love, David O'Leary. But oh, by the end of the game, as Michael Scott from the American office once said, well, 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 how the turntables will get to that later. I thought after about 15 minutes Villa's defense seemed to play out more comfortably from the back and that's been a running theme of the last three games if we think about it against Newcastle and Watford the center backs were passing back and forth and forth and back to each other like that episode of the Simpsons where Mexico play Portugal and then proceed to just pass the ball back and forth to each other doing nothing for the entire game but now the center backs have options as the full backs aren't miles forward and the midfielders aren't having to take up weird possessions to get the ball and then look up and find there's nothing really on with the fullbacks more patient in going forward it means the midfield two of Ramsey and McGinn can offer an out ball in the middle and also get closer to deadly Douglas Luiz He looked like a lost soul against Newcastle and Watford. Like my thrilling love life during my exciting teen years, he was all alone. But Louise now looks way more comfortable with McGinn and Ramsey closer to him. And he's been an assured, calming presence in the centre of the park during the last three games. McGinn and Ramsey both helped cover the fullbacks, but I think if you were to find any weaknesses, there were a couple of ropey moments for Dinia and Ramsey down the left in the first half. But that really is just clutching at straws, to be honest, because overall, I thought Villa were very solid. Emi Martinez didn't have a save to make. Leeds had no shots on or off target. Perhaps they should have sung about that instead. On the matter of Emi Martinez, further to our previous podcast, I have once again written to the Argentinian government demanding a 500-foot statue of the great man to be built in central Buenos Aires. This is due to the fact he is a complete legend, the world's best goalkeeper, and he made a brilliant save to stop former blues player Che Adams scoring at Villa Park for Southampton. Surprisingly, I'm yet to hear back from Argentina on the matter, but we'll inform you all when I do. Now, we turn to our front three today. Goodness me, If property prices were affordable in this world, rather than laughably overpriced and forcing so many of us into being ripped off by the rental market, and if I therefore owned a house, I'd sell it to give all the proceeds to Aston Villa to sign the man up. It would obviously be a pittance what I'd be giving them, considering what we need to pay to sign Coutinho, but Barcelona will take anything right now, you'd imagine, with their billion quid debt. By all accounts, reports this week suggest Coutinho's wages are up to 480,000 quid a week. (laughs) Nothing to worry about there. I'm sure Newcastle won't be rushing in to pay that. Oh God, they might just do that, mightn't they? Let's pray they don't. Just as he was against Southampton, Coutinho was fantastic yet again. His passing, his vision, his movement, his interchanges with the front two, his haircut, his pearly white teeth, his tattoos, his, oh, his everything. I could write a love poem to the man, a Shakespearean sonnet for the ages. He is an amazing player. As an outball, he was supreme, receiving the ball in tight spots and always looking to make something happen. Just by beating one man, he looks like he's about to create, he draws players to him, and makes space for others. He lifts the game of other players too. He is a true conductor of a player, and it was he who opened the scoring. A wonderful interchange down the left between Deadly Douglas, Luca Dina with a good attacking run, and Danny Ings with a clever header back to Dina. The Frenchman sent the ball into the box and who should get on the end of it, but none other than our other attacking fullback, mighty Matty Cash. The man who looks like a handsome elf superhero from a fantasy game. Someone who could play a convincing Legolas in Lord of the Rings, putting in solid knee-high two-footed lunges on any orc who dare attack Helm's deep. Cash swung the ball back to Coutinho. We got some help from a Luke Ailing touch, but it was 1-0 to Aston Villa against a Man Bun FC. And much deserved, I thought. We looked solid and creative in the first half. Those are my two keywords for our present approach to the game. Those are my hashtags. Oh God, I'm sounding like one of those very annoying LinkedIn people who writes massive status updates about how brilliant they are at business Once again, solid and creative. Those are my watchwords. I won't say that again. Of course, Sir Stephen of House Gerrard, first of his name, will be delighted to have seen the fullbacks contributing so heavily to the goal as that's how he set up his Rangers team to storm the Scottish League, something I'm sure we'll be doing next season when we win the league by 50 points and Matty Cash ends up top scorer. You heard it here first, folks. Also, big praise for Danny Ings and Watkins. I just didn't see this coming from either of the Wings' partnership. They just looked like a pure mismatch all season, like they just wouldn't match on Tinder. But now they're on a third date together and things are going very well indeed. You could say against Newcastle and Watford, we were just a bit too narrow at the front with Coutinho and Buendia occupying similar roles, but now Ings and Watkins are dragging players out wide, providing more movement and out balls for the defence and midfield. It's all just coming up Millhouse at the moment. God love Milhouse van Houten the Simpsons' biggest loser. So overall, first half, it was a bit scrappy, I suppose, but I always felt Villa looked in control. They were more confident and assured of what they were doing, whereas Leeds were just kind of there, running, and that was it, singing about Tyro Mings too. Pure, fatal attraction energy. Speaking of Ings, what an assist that was for Super Matty Cash. Not for the first time this season with Ings either. He's had a couple of lovely assists. Cash got in behind Junior Furpo, composed touch and a drilled finish. Two goals in three games for Cash and two assists as well. If Atletico Madrid wants to sign our handsome elf prince, we'll have to pay a king's ransom of about 50 million quid. Thank you very much. Cash has had some excellent spells this season. He looked like a player reborn at times in the 3-5-2 we played under Dean Smith. He was one of the few players to come out of that formation with any credit, but in recent games, he's gone up a level, I believe. Let's hope our Fair Prince can keep it up. Cash's goal came at the perfect time, kind of like the first half leads were playing high-intensity stuff and putting us under some pressure to start out with. They sent a couple of low balls across the six-yard box that caused a little bit of squeaky bum time, as Sir Alex once called it, and they just sent on Patrick Bamford. But then Cash came along and got his goal when we needed it. Speaking of Bamford, he's been injured for a while, so he's not really going to be on fire just yet, you'd imagine. But McGinn really didn't want to let the man settle into the game. He put in two strong challenges to unsettle him. Good on you and your endless running around, Super John McGinn. The man doesn't run. He hares. Hairing around. Not running around herring around, that is what McGinn does. It's like he's swimming upstream, fighting furiously against the oncoming waves. Good God, I love that man. Leeds looked a bit punch drunk after that, and then came the sweetest goal of all. Callum Chambers finding his inner Stevie Staunton to hammer a shot into the top corner. Mings with the assist. Our two centre-backs working together for a goal. I was watching it at 6am in Australia and woke the entire street up yelling when that goal went in. Sorry to all those I woke up. Chambers kept the great Esri concert out of the team. He arrived for a minimal fee from Arsenal, and it's already looking like an insanely good piece of business. And you can check out my interview with Arsenal's top podcast about Chambers on our YouTube channel if you want to find out more about him. Arsenal fans loved the guy. Just search Orville No Filler on YouTube. Subscribe, like us, do whatever. In fact, don't dislike us because... I will hunt you down. I will find you. Um, No, I won't. Of course I won't. (laughs) Maybe I will. Uh, And the fact it was Mings with the assist made it all the sweeter. Boy, oh boy, did that shut the Leeds fans up. Tyrell Mings is... He's what? I can't hear you there, Ella Rowe. You you what? You stop singing. It's a bit of a library now. And the irony of the fans singing such an abusive song about Mings when they bear witness to the leakiest defence in the league week in and week out is not lost on this podcaster. I tell you that for free. Something I love seeing was Morgan Sanson coming in for Ings and Buendia for Coutinho to manage the game out. The sheer quality of those substitutions is frankly pretty unbelievable. Buendia had one lovely through ball that could have resulted in a goal and Sanson looked composed, I thought. We've come a long way from two seasons ago when our only substitution was El Ghazi for Trezeguet and... Trezeguet for El Ghazi. I, of course, love both of those guys, but it's quite surreal to see a Brazilian international making way for an Argentinian international at Aston Villa. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So who is man of the match for me? I'm very tempted to give it to the magnificent Coutinho again, but he'll just have to settle for my love poem this week as I'm going with Maty Cash as man of the match. He's Poland's greatest ever player. Take that, Robert Lewandowski. The hopes of Poland at the World Cup lie upon your shoulders, fair Maty Cash. I thought once again, defensively, he was rock solid. His movement forward was well-timed and intelligent. He provided a solid outlet to play out from the back, and some of his long balls forward also caused issues for leads. Some of that was also down to Watkins making good runs. Uh, Cash got an assist again and a goal. As I said earlier, two goals and two assists in his last three. Matty Cash, you have picked up the greatest honour of your life by winning my prestigious, the prestigious All Villa No Filler Man of the Match Award. Send us a WhatsApp message, Matty, or a DM letting us know how you feel. I'm sure you'll be getting back to me sometime in the next 50 years. You're definitely never listening to this podcast, and you're definitely never getting back to me. But whatever, Matty, you've won the award. And now, after three wins on the spin, we dare step into the breach to face... West Ham United at the London Stadium. That stadium the fans just absolutely love, where you have the pleasure of watching a football match from all of three miles away from the pitch. Normally, playing on a Thursday gives an advantage to the opposition, but fear not, fellow Villa fans, for I have done my research and discovered that West Ham played away at Sevilla in the Europa League on Thursday as well. They lost 1-0 to the team, that always seems to win that competition. So I expect the game could be a bit lower energy than usual bearing in mind both sides played on Thursday. It might just be the odd chance that wins it. Both teams look solid defensively, so could potentially cancel each other out. Maybe we can get one of our attackers to meow in Kurt Zuma's ear, like Chris Wood did the other week for Newcastle, and throw that cat-kicking defender off his game. I'm looking at you, Ings and Watkins, for that role, although our biggest wind-up merchant is definitely Emmy Martinez, so maybe that man can do it for us. Either way, I expect Gerrard will keep the same side that beat Leeds and Southampton. West Ham aren't in the best of form at the moment. Uh, They've lost to Sevilla, Liverpool and Southampton recently, but they did just beat Wolves 1-0 at home. It was a pretty dull game to watch, I thought, but West Ham kept digging away and eventually worked a way to get their goal. I do think, though, if we're defensively solid and disciplined, particularly from corners and set pieces, we can stop them scoring. Jared Bowen is in very good form this year, but he missed the severe game with a heel injury. He might not feature against Villa, who I gather are his boyhood club, Um, which will be good for us, and our full strength side but credit where it's due to West Ham they've had a very good season and Declan Rice is he the best centre midfielder in the Premier League right now well in his role uh i think it's hard to argue that he isn't one of the best in the league um so i say to that come to villa declan we're going to win the league next season You could potentially win the World Cup and the league in one year. Join the Gerard revolution, Declan. I expect West Ham will target Coutinho. They're a very physical side. So our Brazilian superstar might just get quite a bit of heavy physical treatment. We'll see how he copes with that. It might be that one of our other attackers has to step up if he's sort of kicked out of the game per se. I'm going to predict a draw or a single goal either way. Wouldn't it be just lovely to win four in four? We've just won three and also kept three clean sheets in a row for the first time in 12 years, Stephen Gerrard said in the post-match interview. I need to double-check that, but 12 years? Back then, we were all laughing at the concept of Manchester City ever winning a league title. Who knows where the world will be in 12 more years? Villa will have won the league, I'm sure of it, and Leeds fans will still be singing about Tyrone Mings. Thank you, everybody, for listening to me on my own again in this unique episode of All Villa, No Filler. I look forward to chatting with George once again very soon to review Villa's charge to the Premier League title. Let's go and beat West Ham on Sunday. But until then, come on Super Aston Villa.